You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Well, thanks for joining us on the Lynx Podcast. My name is John, and uh, we have a very special guest. Randy Nelson is joining us today. And uh, Randy, thanks for coming out and uh, being part. Um, I have to be—I have to be honest. I'm a—I'm a big fan of Coach Coach Christensen, and he—I oh, uh, am too. He—he uh, he came out and he—he he talked about you. I know there was an article on you in the paper, and uh, when I asked him, I said, "Who who do we need to have on this podcast?" He was the first one that you—he he mentioned. <laughs> like, we got to have you on this podcast. So. Um, Randy, for those of you that don't know you, which, which is probably, you know, quite a few, excuse me, quite a few people, because the people that are listening to this, most of them are, you know, they've either been here forever yeah, or they just moved here yeah. and they don't know their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so the whole purpose of this podcast is just to really help us get to know our neighbors. And so, uh, this is kind of a one way, this will be kind of a one way you're telling your story, but I, I know there'll be people that'll see you maybe bouncing down the road in your tractor or something. They're like, yeah. oh, there, here goes Randy. <laughs> I saw you the other day with the with the tractor. Oh, yeah. Heading yeah. down the road. So yeah, like, I'm the farmer in the neighborhood. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is good to have a farmer in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. We can do a lot of things for the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so well, tell us a little bit about Randy. Tell us about your your story, your family, and kind of how you how you got to be in Brandon and why you've chosen to stay in Brandon. Yeah. Um I grew up in the Renner area um, until 1965. Went to a, my education at that time was through a, a little school called Evergreen, which was two-room school, okay. total of 50 kids, five kids in my class, all eight grades. And I was there until I started uh, high school in 65. We had the choice of going to Brandon or several other places, but we, we wanted to go to Brandon. So that's when I started my high school career at Brandon. Um, it was, so you went to a two-room school through eighth grade? Yep. Wow. All eight grades there, two teachers. Two teachers. Two wow. rooms. Wow. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting, but uh, played uh, teener ball and stuff in Renner. Um, and... Uh, that was a good experience. Renner was Renner had good teams at that time and stuff, and uh, started uh, high school in Brandon. Um, that was the first true organized sports that I participated in. Um, Love football. Yeah. Um, they were just starting wrestling at that time. Okay. In fact, our football coach Ron Tolliver he. Uh, he bought a set of mats, and uh, the first year, my older brother and I did some exhibition matches because we wrestled all our lives, you know, just <laughs> against each other. But uh, that's when wrestling got started. When in my junior year, I finally got a a wrestling coach. Okay. Um. Um. And uh, I did very well in wrestling. Um. I was the first person from Brandon to, um, I got second in the state. I oh, lost wow. my championship match one to nothing. Uh, uh, who do you think would win today? If you and him had a, had a wrestle off today, who do you think would win? I would. <laughs> <laughs> I got my money on <laughs> No, I, I, uh, he got an escape on me and I took him down five times 
the last two periods, and it was all just outside the ring. Should have oh should have been a point awarded to me for st- you know because he's stalling. stalling. Yeah, but uh, that's that's what happens. You, you you've gotten you've gotten over it and you've gotten past it though now. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, man, I I. I always look up to folks that wrestle because I I didn't you know I never was involved in that I just I played football and basketball, mm-hmm. um, but man that in the early days I mean was it was it a high school sport then or yes okay yeah. so yeah. there was a state tournament and- but there was no classes it was okay. all one class uh, most of my competition was the Sioux Falls schools and uh, it I enjoyed that I I loved that wrestling is an individual sport. And um, I love the fact that I could compete against everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, now there's, I don't even know, three, four champions in each weight class now in the state. And back then there was only one. Sure. So I, I like that part of it. Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, we've created these classes in different sizes. But back, mm-hmm. back in, your, in your time to have truly a state champion, Yeah. what, what weight did you wrestle at? I started out at 154 as a freshman. Then I went to 180 as a junior. Then I was a heavyweight as a senior. Okay. Okay. But I only weighed 210, so it was. It wasn't. I wasn't huge as a heavyweight, but I I wrestled a lot of guys who were 300 and sure. that type thing. But I liked that part of it too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm sure they loved it too. Yeah. Um, so so that would have been in those days. You would played at Washington High School, yep. O'Gorman. Yep. Were there, what were the what were the other schools that were really competitive in in, in wrestling? Uh, Washington, uh, Lincoln, uh, O'Gorman, and um, Beersford had a usually okay. had a good team. Lennox Lennox had a really good team. Um, those were probably the key ones. Key ones, sure, sure. Well, and then and then football. So you you played. Um, I mean, now eleven man football. Yep. Yep. How many classes were there in football at that time? I don't remember there being anything uh-huh. but the one class. Okay. But we didn't have a state championship then. Uh-huh. There was no okay. state championship. So you they, just played schools? Yep. Okay. Yep. Biggest rivalry was Gerritsen. Okay. At that time, uh, in fact, my first coach, Ron Tolliver, he, uh, he ended up getting fired because the Gerritsen game was always a huge huge um, rivalry, and he ended up getting a fight with a, a fan from Gerritsen, and uh, it, it was it was a big deal. <laughs> was that after the game or? During. During the game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was being harassed by this guy, and he dropped him. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So... So at that time, so was it pretty competitive back and forth, or was did one team have an advantage over the other? Or? Um, it was very competitive back and forth. Okay. Um, I don't remember that we were dominant or that they were dominant. It was, it were always very good games. I don't remember the scores, but it was very competitive. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting how the things that we do remember, those rivalries. Um, so. You you obviously were very successful in wrestling. Did you do any other sports besides wrestling and football? Uh, those are the main things. I I participated in track because I had to. <laughs> I didn't I didn't sure. enjoy track, 
But uh, those are, those were the keys is uh, football and wrestling. Uh, coaches wanted me to wrestle in college, but I was I was very involved with the football, and I I didn't wrestle in college. So what did you do for training? I mean, did you do? Was there any lifting you did or running or what kind of? I'm I'm a fanatic when it comes to working out. I okay. uh, I probably work myself harder than any coach would. I uh, I in high school and college, the really good weight machines weren't there, mm-hmm. and I had a problem with losing flexibility when I was lifting. And uh, so in college, they uh, I was doing some lifting there, and I I lost a lot of flexibility. And the coaches said, "You got the strength, don't just back off on it." Um, after college, I got involved with a program called Nautilus, and that's uh, equipment that uh, the Miami Dolphins were using big time back then. And the guy that was running Nautilus at the time was. He had actually worked as a trainer for the Dolphins. Okay. And I got very involved with that and developed more strength and more flexibility doing that program and okay. uh, worked very well for me. It, uh, I left college about 2.30, and I was able to get up to 2.55 before I went into the pros. And... Uh, there was there was no fat there. <laughs> <laughs> you were at two hundred fifty five pounds of uh, ripped quarterbacks. Head off, yeah. Russell. Yeah, Nelson, just get it get it done there. Yeah. So you were at Northern State then for yep. um, for four years then. Yep. yep. Okay. And you played what position? Did you? I play? was defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. Okay. And uh, we did extremely well. Um, at that time, Northern was kind of a sports dynasty. We. Uh, year I went up there, they got every all-stater in the state of South Dakota went there. Um, we we went to the nationals in football, basketball, wrestling, track, everything, wow. baseball, and did very well. And uh, we were kind of a sports dynasty. Yeah. And uh, wow. back then it was uh, in 69, my freshman year, we beat Concordia, who had beat South Dakota State, Augie, and everything. And there's there was a lot of talk that we could beat SDSU. Oh, sure. I mean, on one given day, maybe we could have. Um, but we, we probably couldn't do it. We didn't have the depth to do it all the time. Sure. So, But we, uh, we did very well. We went in my freshman year, we went undefeated. And uh, the NAI, for some reason... Decided it wasn't our turn to go to the Nationals, so they sent sent somebody else instead of us. Oh, wow. Team we'd beaten. <laughs> and uh, that was pretty disheartening. Mm. But then my junior year, we went to the Nationals again. So, mm. so, the, so that would be in the day when, when playoffs were bid then. It wasn't some committee somewhere. Or well, there probably was a committee, but didn't teams bid for playoff? Um. At the NAI level, I don't think so. Okay. Because um, the year we didn't get to go, we could have gone and played in some bowl games. But our coach at the time says, we're we're not doing that. Okay. And uh, we uh, had a great coach in college. He was just phenomenal. Jim Kretschmann. He is oh, sure. 
He was just absolutely phenomenal coach. And uh, I give him credit for the way most of my life has gone, really. Huh. So, wow. Great coach. Had an impact on you. Yes. Yeah. So that would have been, so then that would have been like the early 70s then? So, yeah, that would have been uh, season 69 okay. through 72. 69, okay. And then how did that go from when you were done at Northern, you graduated, mm -hmm. they, you know, this was, you know, you know, what we have, we see today now with these um, name, image, and likeness and guys making money on their stuff. Uh -huh. I mean, the draft and what it is, ESPN. I mean, what was it like waiting after college with the hope to play professionally? What was that like? I, I love the playing football so much that it was the thought of not playing was very difficult for me. I had a good friend by the name of Bob Warwick that uh, he was a year ahead of me. He had uh, found this team, the Manitowoc County Chiefs, and said, hey, let's just go play for him. And uh, we did that. And uh, that was good, but it was it's probably some of the roughest football I played because uh, the refereeing wasn't very good. And they'd send the whole team after you to try and take you out they'd send like four or five guys after you and they try and stand you up and take your knees out and stuff like that and it was uh it was rough football but it was it was good and uh then uh green bay like i said bought my contract for, or bought my contract from them so did you get a phone call from somebody or how did did you have an agent or how did that happen no i i i didn't have an agent it was that was probably a mistake but uh, I did not have an agent. Uh, they just, the two teams worked with each other. Okay. And uh, they said it, came and told me that the scouts were there to look at me one day. And after that, they said, well, you're going to Green Bay. And uh, that was very good. It was, uh, like I said, walking into the Green Bay Pack Packers locker room and stuff is just absolutely phenomenal. And being part of that organization was unbelievable. But it, uh, who are some of the who are some of your contemporaries that you that you were in a locker room with that that we that some of us might know? I mean, were there were there names that we would know of? Good question. I really didn't care who I was there <laughs> with. <laughs> um, and I. I was bad that way. I didn't. I didn't care who was there. I didn't care who I played, and I didn't care who was in on the team. But uh, I just That's loved probably, playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that probably made you effective. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a pretty intense player. I uh, back then you could use a forearm shiver, uh -huh. and uh, I probably had one of the most damaging forearm shivers that you could have. But uh, then you could use head slaps and stuff like that. They're all illegal now. But it was uh, it was good black and blue football back then. Sure, sure. <laughs> when you uh, so you did you you got the, you got so you got to play in six games. You said earlier, yeah, right? Yeah. First game was with Chicago, and that was at uh, Lambeau Field, and uh, very heavy rain. We. Uh, in fact, it was raining so hard the drains on the field couldn't handle it. So if you tackled somebody along the sidelines, you're in danger of drowning. <laughs> it was a puddle, huh? 
But I, I first game I played for him, I, I played a very good game. I had two sacks, caused one fumble, and recovered a fumble. And uh, it was, I made a huge mistake when I was at Green Bay. I, uh, they asked me to play special teams, and then I told them no. I, I shouldn't have done that. I, uh, that's how you make it in the pros is to, hmm. to, to agree to play special teams and that type of thing. And uh, I should have done that, but I didn't. And that was a big mistake. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it was uh, like I said, I started out playing some really good football for him, and after that, they kind of kind of decided they didn't want me there. I guess so. Mm-hmm. It was weird. <laughs> so you did good. You had success. Yeah. yeah. And yet they, because they couldn't really basically tell you what to do. Well, yeah, and it's uh, they they. Pro sports are controlled by investments, I think. Sure. You know, how much they invested in you and that type of thing. It's, uh, there's a lot of politics. It's, mm. uh, I, uh, like I said, I didn't have an agent and that type of thing. I was too proud to do that, I guess. But uh, it, uh, there's, there's a lot that goes with it, who they decide to keep and who they don't. Um, played with a guy by the name of David Purifoy. He was a defensive tackle, same as me. He uh, he was considered the fastest lineman in football at the time. And uh, he ended up going to New York, and uh, I think he played with them for quite some time. And uh, New York, and he was, he was good, but he was, the type of individual that he didn't read. He just had his stunts or whatever to mm-hmm. do and once in a while make a spectacular play. Sometimes he'd take himself out of the place. And mm-hmm. uh sure. So it was, you know, it's hard to say. That's amazing the talent that you see, you know, even, you know, obviously today, but the talent that a football team can draw the physical talent and the the ability to to do things. I, last night, as we're you know watching this, it would have been you know several weeks ago. But um, I, I played at North Dakota State. And okay. North Dakota State had a, a receiver drafted named Christian Watson. Okay. He's playing for the Packers. Okay. And uh, he played a game. They were playing the Cowboys at Lambeau. He caught three touchdown passes. After his first touchdown pass, he caught it and did a backflip in the end zone. I think I saw that. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's like catching a touchdown pass in the NFL is something. Yeah. But then in full pads, do a backflip. Yeah. And he's not a small guy. <laughs> no, he's six, two <laughs> or three or whatever he is. But mm-hmm. man, I, I think of the the impressive, I have a, a friend of mine who played at, at Southern Methodist University mm-hmm. in the days of the, of the death penalty and the Pony Express and he said they would. He'd sit there, and Jerry Ball, who played for the Vikings, mm-hmm. was at SMU, mm-hmm. and they would sit there on the bench, knee to knee, the bench between them, and they would sit there and they'd punch each other as hard as they could in the stomach. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to do that at parties. <laughs> I mean, whoa. <laughs> we're uh, we're an interesting. We were talking with a guest earlier. We you know about the the. Um, you know how things have changed over the years. Yeah, and, uh, that that probably wouldn't happen today. No, 
no. It, it's uh, I can remember in college I had a, a linebacker that I played with that uh, he had a bad shoulder, but every once in a while he'd, he'd come over to me and he'd go, Randy, grab my hand, grab my hand. And we'd put his shoulder back in out on the field, never left the field. And uh, that that happened a lot. And uh, you, you didn't see people laying on the field, you know, having the trainers come out and check them. They'd, if they were hurt bad, they got themselves off the field. But nobody laid there. <laughs> so what do you, so Randy, tell us a little bit now. Now you, you live, and I, and I think I actually, now I, I think I know where you live. Mm-hmm. But you live in Brandon. Yes, we're we're just barely in the city of Brandon. Okay. We uh, built a house that overlooks the Split Rock Creek, and uh, oh. one side's in the county, and the other side's in the city. Okay. <laughs> but so you got one, uh, one foot in each in each uh, yeah, yeah municipality there. Kind of got the best of both worlds there. It uh, we built a very unique house there, and uh, we've enjoyed it a lot, and built it so that we can live there in our old age and stuff. So okay. it's, uh, and that's, I, I retired about 10 years ago and uh, we uh, decided we were going to give our kids a boost. And uh, our son lives out in Casper, Wyoming. We uh, built a shop and house for him, set him up with 27 acres out there. And hmm. it, uh, that was very good. Our, our daughter was living in Seattle at the time. We uh, went out and remodeled her house and stuff for her. And uh, then a couple years ago, we I guess we got a little bit bored, and our uh, church decided they wanted to build an outdoor pavilion, Beaver Valley Lutheran over okay. there. And uh, wife and I did most of the work to build that. And uh, now we're involved with the tornado damage over there, so... Mm. It's uh, so. Give, give us an update on that. I know a lot of people listening are are curious to know how that's going because that was pretty traumatic. It it, it was. It's uh, right now, all the damaged materials have been removed from the building. Um, there's in the education area. There's some walls that really need some need to be refurbished. And then the roofs need to be put back on. Um, other than that, a lot of the walls are going to stay. It's, uh, but we're looking at over a year to get it rebuilt. They're uh, just ordering some of the materials are just a long delivery time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're uh, it's it's a very slow process. It it took quite a while with insurance in the beginning and stuff, and uh, that uh, it's been a slow process. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's it's hard for the members of the church. We've uh, uh, Brandon Lutheran was very generous, let us have services in there for quite a while. We still have an office in there. Uh, Boom Funeral gave us access to their facility. We use that on Sundays and have meetings in there every okay. once in a while. Um, the community's been very, very good to us, so it's it's good. Well, well, we'll we'll definitely, I mean, be, um, you know, that, that was such a, you know, I'm so thankful that no one was hurt. Yeah, but there's a lot of memories in that building and that property is, you know, historic. 
mm-hmm. it's a historic place. So that's, yeah. that's one thing that was really good is the the old sanctuary that really wasn't damaged at all. It, it uh, that survived very well. It was all the stuff that was built from sixty five or six. 68 on mm-hmm. that was okay. all damaged yeah well we uh we're a part of a community what what do you what do you feel is the strength of the brandon community I, I think we've there's a lot of things that happen in brandon a lot of things are going we're experiencing what what many people would call growing pains yes uh, yeah <laughs> i've been part of that too we uh have property that's up on redwood boulevard and okay. that's a extremely busy gravel road sure and uh right now the city is struggling trying to figure out how to bring that into the city and pave it and that type of thing in a way that's affordable to them and to people that own property on there with us we own about an eighth of a mile along that road on one side and they were going to charge us three hundred thousand dollars for our share of the road and uh that's just not possible. And uh, right. we we were able to stop that forced annexation and that type yeah. of thing at that time. But it's it's got some real growing pains. They, yeah. uh, they, they are struggling to have enough money to keep things going the way they should, Brandon is. Um, they built they built a new water tower up on our property. And uh, that's a very good thing because right now they're they're struggling to meet insurance guidelines so that they have enough water and stuff for fire and that type of thing. And that'll probably come online midsummer of next year. So they're making progress, but they're struggling. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's it's you know you think about how fast Brandon has grown. I it. When I moved to Brandon seven years ago, one of the things that most surprised me was that Brandon only has been incorporated as a city for forty-five years. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yep. seventy-four. I mean, yep. you were you were graduated. You'd already been through the Packers before yeah. Brandon <laughs> became a town. Yeah. So I, I think I I like to remind people, and I I have you know do this time to time. We're still figuring things out. Yeah. We're still a young community. People have lived here for a long time, but the things that go along with being i mean if not the fastest growing certainly one of the fastest growing communities in the state yeah yeah and now with the you know with the advent of the internet and people tuning into during covid i mean as a pastor i i mean nine out of ten people that come to our church new people they're they move from two to three states away oh yeah tons of new people not just new to our church i mean they're new to town Yes, it's, from from Minnesota to Wyoming to Tennessee. I mean, yeah. I, well, we we've got a cabin out in the Black Hills too, and uh, out there, it is way worse than here as far as mm-hmm. people coming in and that type of thing. And uh, the property out there's increased in value so much that oh, it's. Sure. It's actually making it difficult for the locals and that type of thing to be able to hold on to their land. And uh, that's kind of sad, really. They, uh, you know, they're, they've worked hard and may not have the 
the high income of the people coming in, but just about all of them coming in are from Colorado, Minnesota, um, everywhere, and uh, yeah. uh, Washington State, and it's uh, it, it's changed the night the dynamics of the hills a lot. Yeah. So, and it's doing a lot of that here too. Yeah. It's uh, we did some th good things here during COVID. Uh, Governor Nome did some great things here, and uh, people noticed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll we'll go have dinner somewhere, and it, it, out of state people, and they'll go, "We love your governor." <laughs> it's it's a cool thing. So, yeah, I have a I have a friend says the same thing. We love your governor. It's like, mm -hmm. okay. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate Randy you being here, and uh, we yeah. certainly in the few minutes we have to talk here, we we get we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll have to have you get back, and uh, I appreciate your uh, your sharing your stories and. Uh, being a part of our community so cool Thank thanks you. for thanks for sharing your story and we'll uh we'll see you around you bet it's been a pleasure thank you for joining us on the love your neighbor podcast the purpose of the love your neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time you can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks!